0: paid 260 euros for a pair of crocs man those shoes pretty much broke my foot it's only going downhill from here what up guys this is josh and this is fobs and this is the kickback pod
1: and we are back the kickback pod back yet again after a short summer hiatus we didn't forget about you guys we are very excited to be back in the booth i'm here with my man fobbs very very happy to see you my man how you doing
0: what up what up jd i'm also very very happy to be back in the booth with you talking about sneakers and you're right we have been i don't want to call it slacking but definitely enjoying the good life in the summer you've been going on a lot of trips i will be going on a few trips in a few weeks um. so definitely overdue this episode and definitely jam-packed but before we get into all of that let us talk about you and your trips you've been jet-setting what have you been up to man
1: yo yeah i mean so shout out to shout out to my boys al and malad from uh, canada my good homies who try to meet up with me at least once a year uh in europe and we we do like some euro trips here and there Oh, so those are the real year, ones, man. Once a those, year, those, that- those are the real ones, man. So that's why major, major shout out to those guys. So um, uh, yeah, this year we decided to actually, we, we bought tickets to the Budapest Grand Prix, the Formula One race. And uh, so we kind of centered our trip around that. I know that there were some cheap flights uh, that go from Istanbul to Budapest. So I suggested let's do Istanbul as well. And then we randomly added London in there as well. So it was like a 10 day trip. Uh, Kind of like all over the place. It was also kind of funny because last year my friends came to Europe and they exchanged a lot of Canadian dollars for euros and didn't use much of it. And they thought that they'd use it the following year. And we end up going to three countries that don't accept euros. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's yeah, so, so good. <laughs> I know, I know. So, 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 so they had to, you know, get some liras, some forints, some pounds. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of funny. But it was a very, very, very eventful trip. The first, the very first day that I was in London, uh, I was, I woke up kind of early, checked my phone, and uh, of course, I get this notification from Cortez that uh, w- with some GPS coordinates, and I'm like, oh shit, is there some kind of drop or something today? I find out that in fact they were dropping those 95s um, on that day, and um, I looked at the GPS coordinates. It was like 20 minutes walking from the hotel I was in. So I thought I my friends were still asleep actually because we kind of had like a long night the night before. Uh, I just told them guys, I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm, I I'll just gotta. Be back. <laughs> I, I, I gotta do something real quick. <laughs> Turns out like it was kind of crazy, man. Like I start I started walking, and then I see like people like driving around in scooters in bikes like kind of running across the street and i had never experienced anything like this before like this was like the first time i've like gone to like a gps drop like this like a actual live drop so it was kind of crazy seeing that seeing all the intense energy. I get there, I managed to get there in time to actually get a pair of shoes. It was a very long wait, not going to lie. Like in 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 total like I kind of stood in line for around 4 hours, which Whoa. was Yeah, it was not it was really not what I was expecting at all because I was very 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 much at the front of the line pretty much and I, I looked behind me there was like hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of people behind. so I thought, okay, I'm pretty much at the front. This is gonna take maybe an hour but the line moved so slow that it took four hours basically for me to get to the front. and um, yeah, it was so so I kind of like uh, felt bad for my friends a little bit because they had some plans in the morning that I couldn't attend. but at least I was able to get the shoes. They were selling the shoes for only 110 pounds, which was actually a lot below even the retail price of the shoes. And on top of that, I got a free t-shirt. I got to meet uh, Clint. I said, what up to him? Very, very cool. Very friendly guy. So uh, that was kind Yo, of did cool. Did you ask him
0: to be on the podcast?
1: Nah, man. I should have asked him to be. On- oh, man. Bro, that was a missed opportunity. Shit. Damn,
0: bro. I'm sure you'll meet him again at some point. Or maybe I will.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he, he's he's a pretty cool guy, man. So, met Clint. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was just like the first day. Um, Istanbul is also amazing. I highly recommend everyone to go to Istanbul. Like, it's, it's one of the nicest, one of my favorite cities in the world. Er, nicest people, amazing food, great weather. And, yeah, Budapest Grand Prix, that was fucking awesome as well. Got to see Lewis Hamilton get his first pole position in three years or two years. So that was pretty cool. Of course, Max Verstappen, the inevitable. You know, like he pretty much won the race after the first corner. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the the race itself was a bit of a snooze fest. Not gonna lie, cause nothing eventful happened after that first like thirty seconds of the race. I even fell asleep for around twenty laps, <laughs> which, <laughs> which was not good. But uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was a great great trip. Very very uh, remember. Uh, very very eventful and memorable. So yeah once again shout out to the homies
0: damn bro that sounds like a a really great time especially if it's with the the guys from back home that you don't get to see often so it's nice that you guys you know planned such a nice trip it came together and uh and now you're here that's great yeah, now, yeah, now, man.
1: now and then i come back to berlin nothing but rain since i've been back <laughs> like pretty much it's rained for like two weeks in a row that that i've been back like i haven't even seen the sun like i don't know what's going on with summer in berlin but it's been pretty pretty bad
0: i i've been saying this like it's gotta be some sort of record for rainfall during summer in berlin at least for the last like at least for the years that i've been here which is now seven seven and a half years i've never seen it rain this much during the summer and on the one hand it's great for nature and everything like that but at some point it's like come on man i think i think the trees have enough water now let's uh let's get some sunshine and we can chill in the park or something yeah like that.
1: exactly man like i i want to hit the beach i want to you know go to some some nice like summer festivals or something man it's just the it's, i'm not getting that summer vibe at all and summer's almost done it's like already august now so yeah it's, yeah, uh, it's a it, it hasn't been good
0: i mean that's yeah, why you know, i'm uh that's why i'm heading out of berlin soon i'm on parental leave now so i'm going to be hitting where up are my you mom's off to? place uh, hitting my, hitting up my mom's place in the south of germany and then from there we're gonna road trip to the south of france actually it's okay. about an eight nine hour drive um i'm gonna split that into a couple days with you know a night in between we're gonna stay around lyon and finish off near montpellier i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly probably not um so it's not directly at the beach it's like a 20 30 minute drive inland from the beach but super nice wine country uh little little town with these cute little streets and you know stone houses so we're looking forward to it and it's probably a guarantee that it's going to be really hot there it's it's one of the hotter areas of france so we're looking at like 35 or between 30 yeah, and 35 nice. degrees that, that which sounds nice yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to get at least a little slice of summer before I head back. Um but I'm still holding out hope that the Berlin September is like this like nice late summer vibe, you know, like mid 20s uh right to the end of September, but who knows. We'll
1: see. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm praying for that myself. But uh we got a lot to talk about in this episode. So guys, in this episode, this was kind of like a topic that just Kind of randomly came up because it's been something that I've been thinking about for the last uh, couple of weeks. And that is that this current moment right now, I feel is just one of the best times to be a sneakerhead. So we've titled the episode, What a Time to Be a Sneakerhead. We'll get into some of the reasons why we feel that way. But before we get into all that, shout out to the listener of the week. And that is Max Marlin. My man, Max, shout out to you. Thank you for always listening in and commenting and all of your support, so appreciate it. Uh, let's move on to what we have been wearing. Starting off with Fobbs, let us know. What have you been wearing in the last few weeks?
0: So, I've been wearing a couple sneakers over the past few weeks. The first one is the Morel 1TRL Reese Cooper Hydro Runner. Um, I've spoken about this uh, shoe on this podcast and also on Oshu in a couple of times. I've wanted this shoe for ages and it was first unveiled at paris fashion week back when i was still at high snow which is almost two years ago now and after that news about the shoe just went dead like i couldn't find any information about when it was releasing where it was going to be available and then i you know not forgotten about it but given up hope a little bit that it was ever going to arrive or that i was going to get it maybe it wasn't dropping in europe maybe it was just unavailable super limited quantities i don't know Fast forward 18 months, and I'm browsing the beast in sale, and boom, there I see it on sale, and I was like, "Whew, this is a must-cop." So I I picked it up a few weeks ago, and it's a really good shoe because it's kind of great for dry weather, but also really good for for wet weather. It's you know got that hydro mock upper, but with a like webbed, netted silicone boot that slips over your feet, so. It's not 100% waterproof, but it's definitely water resistant. You can wear it. You don't have to worry about getting wet or soggy. So really, really nice shoe and a super nice colorway as well. This like nice green forest camo. So I've been wearing that a lot. And then I had to wear this sneaker because of a movie that came out recently. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I intend to as soon as it's available on streaming. This is the pink Stussy Air Max 2013. Obviously, I'm talking about the Barbie movie. Barbie core has been super in right now at work you know at, at Zalando we're talking about barbie all the time is everyone but, wearing uh, pink
1: in the Zalando office
0: I mean not everyone but a lot I mean more than you would uh think are definitely wearing that like hot pink and not just on the shoes like some people wearing like pink blazers or full pink suits which you know each their own um but the barbie movie is like massive right like like i said i haven't seen it yet because it's a little bit difficult to get to the movies with a young baby but um everyone who i've talked to has really liked it if they've watched it and the marketing budget behind this movie is just insane They've, they've done collaborations with everyone they have billboards everywhere so the whole barbie vibe and aesthetic has really been in the in the forefront of everybody's minds and has also dominated fashion a little bit over the last few months so that movie came out a few weeks ago and the pink stoosies are kind of an homage to it obviously they came out before the movie came out but the pink just fits man have you have you watched the movie actually
1: yeah i actually watched it last weekend um i mean the movie itself i i would i wasn't like a huge fan of to be honest especially the second half i thought it got a bit too political but (laughs) the movie going experience i have to say i haven't felt something like that since maybe like harry potter days so we showed up to the movies maybe a bit early like 20 minutes before and i couldn't believe like how into the movie people were because first of all the theater was packed And people were dressed up. Like I saw, like a lot of girls in um, had dyed their hair pink. Some people were wearing wigs. I saw people in pink suits, like head to toe suited up in pink. I (laughs) have seen a lot of people wearing pink shoes. It was like I I haven't seen like such a like such a big group of people dress up for a movie like this in in like a pretty long time since pretty much Harry Potter. Like I was saying, I actually (laughs) wore my pink uh, Adidas Gucci Gazelles to the show uh, just to, to flex on everyone just to, yeah exactly man <laughs> no no not really but uh and diana she's uh diana had a pair of uh pink gucci gazelle bold like the one with the big soul uh mm-hmm. so we both were kind of matching a little way you know trying to be cute and all uh, but but yeah i mean the, the movie was kind of so so but i did like the experience though
0: nice very nice what about uh any recent pickups do you have anything to talk about
1: Oh uh, well, first of all, like what I've been wearing. So, oh, sorry. I yes. have been really in love with this pair. This is the Jacques Mousse J Force One. A uh, big fan of this shoe. Uh, like I was saying, I think in the previous pod, I I, f- I found it very interesting looking, and I just like the fact that it's like a slimmer Air Force One. Uh, part of the reason why I didn't really wear a lot of Air Force Ones is because I just I found the shoe to be very bulky looking, so it wasn't really one of my favorite shoes even though i understand that it's an absolute classic but the jacques mousse uh, j force one still kind of have that aesthetic of an air force one but it's much slimmer it's much 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 lighter it's more comfortable um and uh, I, and, it, and it's made with very good leather compared to a normal air force one i managed to get them 50 percent off shout out to Luisa via roma for that amazing sale they have every summer it's better than the essence sale guys the louisa via roma sale is the best sale in Europe. Uh, so I managed to get the Jacques Moose 50% off. Been rocking it non-stop. Big fan of those. And also um, the shoe that I wore the most on my trip. Was the Action Bronson 990 V6. Which I had called the sneaker of the year. In the last episode. And I still agree that it's sneaker of the year. However I did notice one thing. Uh, while wearing the shoe so much during the trip. It's not as comfortable as my other 990 v6s and that's because for some reason they're uh they just fit a lot narrower in the toe area uh like with my other v6s i feel like they broke in very fast and uh and like i'm i feel no pain or anything when wearing them but with these ashen bronsons for some reason they feel uh, they fit a bit more snug than the other uh, 990 v6s so i was a little bit uncomfortable rocking them for long periods of time so just something maybe i would suggest you guys to go a half size up if you were thinking of copying these go a half size up than your normal 990 v6 size because they do fit kind
0: of snug that's interesting maybe it's because of the materials they've used or the way they've layered the materials as well like that can always change the way shoes fit how wide they are how long they are um especially in the toe box area so that that's definitely good to know thank you for uh letting the people know so now let's talk about pickups i know you probably have a couple um hit me yeah
1: i'm just gonna talk about a couple of them they're both actually the same model the same shoe uh that is the uh, new balance 990 v6 that we were talking about so the first pickup once again shout out to the Luisa via roma sale that i was telling you guys about i got the 990 v6 uh, purple and pink colorway I know you like that colorway you were you were telling me about it the last episode um, yeah. the the one that's cream with a little purple little pink got it for 50% off so only paid 125 euros for it which is a very good price for a pair of 990 V6s and um, yeah I cannot I haven't even received it yet but I cannot wait to get them and rock them I actually really really like this colorway it looks great on this shoe and the other one that I picked up is the latest colorway of the V6, and that is the cream colorway. Shout out to Teddy Santis for giving us a GR sneaker that I think if it wasn't a GR sneaker, if it was like if it was called like the Amy Andor 990 V6, I feel like people would be calling this shoe sneaker of the year. It is that clean. The colorway is so nice. I like this as my favorite colorway to release so far of the V6s. I might even like the colorway more than the bronzes, man. I'm not, not even going to lie. It's, like, such a c- super clean colorway that, um, yeah. I, I, and not to mention it's a V6, so it's a super comfortable shoe as well. So for all those reasons, it is maybe my favorite pickup so far this year. Damn. What about so yourself, I, guess... I see you got some pickups as well.
0: Yeah, I guess at the end of the year, we'll see uh, how many V6s will be in your top five. Um now, I, I have a couple of pickups. I recently picked up the Dime A6 GT2160, which is a very, very nice sneaker, um, very comfortable as well. And A6 is kind of just dominating everything at the moment, in my opinion. The 2000 sneaker craze is not looking like it's ending anytime soon. And A6 is one of the best brands to do it. They have a very, very, very solid lineup of, 2000s or 2000s inspired running shoes and the gt2160 is definitely one of the nicer ones in my opinion the dime colorway i wish that that friends and family green colorway was an actual release colorway but yeah, i think
1: that was the best one as well
0: yeah that one was super nice i'm not i mean i liked i obviously like the dime collab enough to buy it right but I'm not totally convinced with the gradient of the shoe. I would have loved to flip it and have the white towards the heel and the the green-gray towards the uh, towards the toe box um, because I think there's just a little bit too much white towards the toe box on this shoe. But again, I, I did like the shoe and that's why I picked it up. So very happy with that pickup. And then my second pickup, I didn't actually buy this shoe. I was sent it. So shout out to Stone Island for sending me the New Balance Fuel Cell C1, Um beautiful shoe i mean this this thing is a monster and everybody who listens to this uh, show knows how much i love bulky running shoes and uh, i don't think you can get any more bulky than the c1 fuel cell so uh also really love the little details the stone island camo print that has been put onto the top of the shoe with the desert camo colorway just overall a very very solid um solid sneaker one of my favorite pickups this year as well and i'm gonna go and say it and say that stone island new balance is probably the most interesting partnership in sneakers right now in my opinion
1: yeah you've been a fan of these two for a while i i think you've talked about every single one of the stone island new balances collab on this pod very in a very positive uh positive light i think you might be like one of the biggest fans of this collab that i know man like uh i i think you pretty much have every single release so far
0: i mean the sh- the shoes are cool it's perf- it's high performance meets luxury performance the the colorways are interesting the materials used are crazy uh i think just the two the two brands mesh really well so i'm uh yeah i'm i'm not ashamed to say that i'm a very very big fan of these
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you were able to get those. Well, let's, before we get into the big topic, let's go over some very quick news bites, some notable sneaker news that have come out in the last, uh, I guess, last little while since we last recorded. The first is the announcement from Nike that there will be another Sneakers Day this year it will be officially september the 8th or the 9th wait let's get that date right was it the 8th or the 9th
0: no it's it's the 9th so 9923
1: okay. right right so and what's different about this year's sneakers day is that it will be a worldwide sneakers day previously there was a different one for europe a different one for the us it will be what we know this year is that it will be worldwide what remains to be seen is will it continue to be as disappointing as all of the previous sneaker days we've recapped sneaker days on this on this pod before the nike sneakers day has just been a big bundle of disappointment for me like i feel like it's a day that i just waste time every year hoping something's gonna drop nothing good ends up dropping maybe an exclusive sneakers day air force one or an air max one drops but nothing restocks really that's worth buying that or, or something that you missed out on you really hope with restock no big restocks so let's see if this year they actually do restock some interesting uh, uh sneakers some earlier this year maybe it would be nice if we got the SB jordan fours you know restocking maybe even the jordan four thunder uh, a lot of i mean there was a lot of heat from nike this year it would be nice to see some decent restocks but what are you do you have any hopes for this year
0: Honestly, I loved the sneakers day. That was a treasure hunt where you had to like scratch random pictures on the app. Oh I yeah, think that was, that was the great. first one. And like, of course, like once somebody figures it out, it gets leaked on Reddit, and then it's just a race to be the first, right? So that's one drawback from the doing it that way. But I really like just the the treasure hunt aspect of that, and kind of the the gamification and how rewarding it was to figure it out or to find something online that hinted towards it and then you figured it out and you were able to cop a shoe. Um, So I would love something like that to come back. I'm not hopeful though because I think that's a lot more work and Nike probably just wants it to be an easy lift. I'm assuming it'll be a lot like last year where they had a lot of programming, they had a lot of lives, they had a lot of shows and you had to tune into the shows and then after each show or in between the shows they would drop either a restock of a very popular sneaker, um, but probably most likely a general release, not like a super hype collab, or dropping an early batch of a sneaker that is coming out in a couple of months. They did that last year as well, I believe. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Um, my hopes aren't super high, but hey, man, I mean, I'm, you know, if I'm, I don't know if the ninth is a weekend, but if I'm sitting at the computer for work anyway, I might tune in and see what's going on, you know, and uh, yeah, looking forward to Br- bring it. Just, you know, the, to see kind of what happens.
1: Well, you know, now that COVID is, is pretty much a thing of the past, maybe it would be cool if they did some kind of stash drops, like, you know, around the city. That would be yeah. pretty cool.
0: Some, um, some in-person activity would be cool. Let's yeah, see what they sure. do. I'm, I, I think we're both, you know, not super hopeful, but we'll be happy if we are surprised pleasantly. Let's put it that way.
1: Let's put it that way. Speaking of being pleasantly surprised, um, also news came out of a cactus plant flea market collab with Nike on a brand new sneaker. I I guess, I don't know if this is the official name, but they're calling it the Nike Air Flea 2. And this shoe, what what were your initial thoughts when you saw this shoe? Because I thought of one shoe in particular. That was the uh, Balenciaga Defender. The sneaker oh, with those big tire marks at the bottom. It kind of seemed call. like a Nike version of it.
0: That's a good call. I mean, I, I I guess I thought about that sneaker a little bit too. I also thought a little bit about some of the ISPA sneakers that have come out or like the the slip ons that have like a crazy outsole. Um I I mean as soon as I saw this sneaker, I was like, damn, I kind of need to have it. I like them. Yo, it a lot. me
1: too. Like, I definitely need them. I, because, because they're, are they a sneaker or are they like a sandal? I,
0: they're probably I a bit really... of both. I mean, like, you, okay. you could probably easily wear them without socks, right? So, I'm very into them. I'm intrigued to find out when they come out. And I definitely want to try and get my hands on a pair because they look super comfortable. They look like the kind of sneaker that I'm into, a little bit futuristic, a little bit out there, a little bit concept y. So, yeah i was i was very pleasantly surprised anyone who hasn't checked these out check them out they're practically on all of the blogs at the moment High has written about them complex high somebody etc sneaker freaker um they are i mean i'm gonna just describe them uh for you guys so that you can kind of paint yourself a picture but as josh said they have this defender-esque soul so like all these like that the tread of the sole is basically like a tire, it's very, very thick. And then the upper of the shoe is this neoprene boot that has two four foot straps running across it. All of this in black, of course. And the cool thing about the four foot straps is that they have these buttons on them, which look like you can actually put Nike's version of gibbets on it, so it has a bit of like that crocs vibe going on as well there's a nike swoosh here for example like a very big oversized one that i believe you can stick onto these gibbets and then there's some other branding as well uh with you know flea 2 on the heel tab and on the tongue and then a nike swoosh underneath that i mean overall it looks very industrial and um super super cool sneaker in my opinion
1: i'm glad that big nike swoosh is removable because that was like the part i i like the least about the about the (laughs) sneaker but yeah the the whole gibbet aspect is really cool yeah i'm 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 very excited for these to release i hope they don't have a lot of resale i hope i'm able to get them for retail because this is like a shoe i think i really do want for
0: oh i think they're gonna be
1: 2023
0: i think they're gonna be quite limited so i wouldn't hold my breath but um yeah man i mean i hope we both get a pair
1: totally uh, let's move on to another bit of news, and that is Crocs. Yeah, Crocs reporting one of their biggest. Oh, actually, no, Crocs actually reported their biggest quarter ever in Q2 of this year, one billion U.S. dollars, a twelve percent increase. The same time from 2022, it's kind of crazy, man. Like I, I remember being back in university when Crocs first got popular. And I, I remember thinking at that time that, oh yeah, this is just another fad. Like, so I never actually ended up even buying a pair back then because I never really uh, saw myself you know, wearing them and I thought they would just go away. Fast forward, 2023, they just sold the most Crocs they've ever sold in the quarter. And that's even with the amounts of, of fakes that are out there, with the amounts of duplicates that are out there, even with all that they they still had a record quarter so very very impressive
0: i want to speak to everyone who has more than one crocs right because i feel like yes crocs have done a lot of work to be considered kind of like sneakers and created hype and all that kind of stuff but come on who is buying more than one or two pairs of crocs and there's nurses <laughs> good point no good it's point. a fact <laughs> no i mean yeah That's true. I didn't think about that. I'm I'm talking more in like a sneakerhead point of view because the the numbers that they're stating are are quite insane. But then I also saw a bit of news that was semi-related to that and that Birkenstock is looking to do an IPO soon at a valuation of of $8 billion, which that's also quite big for a German family-owned or previously family-owned sandal company. You know,
1: you buy you buying the IPO first day,
0: <sighs> yeah. Why not? I mean, Birkenstock Birkenstock has been around for like what, like 300 years or something like that, or over 100, 170 years. And that's a product that people like when you think about sandals, when you think about sandals that have like a cork footbed, what do you think about? You think about Birkenstock, so it's one of those like stocks or one of those IPOs where you're buying into a product that is so mainstream and so connected to the the industry of what it is it's it's a market leader in what it does that maybe there will be a dip after you know opening but uh it's one of those that i see just rising in the future but hey don't take any investing advice from me because (laughs) i am not a professional
1: no 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 definitely not i i i do like the concept though of owning stocks of companies or things that you like it's kind of like why Every time I upgrade my iPhone, I'm always like, hey, I'm a big Apple stock owner, so I'm thinking of this as investing in myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not an expense, it's an investment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh last bit of news was um we finally got the official naming and uh the official not official, but we got a lot of close up pictures of the upcoming Travis Scott sneaker, which is an exclusive sneaker. It's a signature sneaker for him. And it's called the Cut the Check. Pretty nice play on words there. Uh, cutting the check and, you know, cutting the Nike check. I get it. Uh, but um, what do you think about the shoe? The The aesthetic for me is it's very Travis Scott. It gives me big time, like, skater vibes. It kind of looks like a, what's that shoe called? The Mac Attack. Uh, it kind of looks like a Mac Attack combined with a Nike Dunk in a way. Uh, if I were to describe it. Um, I, yeah. I do... I, I, I kind of like the look of it, but, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts?
0: I mean, it's it's got, like, a bit of, you know, a bit of, like, a Jordan 1 paneling, a bit of, bit of an SB vibe. It's got a bit of a Jordan soul, you know? So... I'm not mad at it, but... I don't know. I just... I, I would have to see product shots before i really share my opinion on these but i mean they're not terrible for a signature sneaker but they're also not like they're not like blowing me out of the water like the fear of god ones did or adidas yeezy in the beginning because that was just so it was so different it was so out of this world and and so unique and original and this is It might be original but it also looks like you you see the nike dna in it right and when you looked at the adidas yeezy apart from the boost midsole there was no adidas dna in there right um or the fear of god one i mean that was more fear of god than it was nike and i feel like this is more nike than it is travis scott um if that makes sense but again i'm not mad at it I'm 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 not mad. It looks it looks decent. I would love to check them out in person. I know that's probably not gonna be possible before buying them. So maybe I'll try and buy them when they do drop and then if I like them I'll keep them. If not I'll flip them or pass them on yeah, or whatever.
1: They they do look like something we've seen before. Like it doesn't seem that interesting for a brand new sneaker. I'll tell you the sneaker that I'm probably even more excited about from Travis Scott is probably those upcoming golf shoes. The Travis Scott Jordan 1 Low Golf, which even though it's a golf shoe, I'm pretty sure people are going to just rock this on the street because it is a very, very nice colorway for sure. Um, yeah, no word on when those are going to be releasing, but it's a very nice colorway. You can expect these to resell for a lot as well.
0: Yeah, it's true, even though it's a golf shoe. Yep.
1: Yeah. So let's move on to our big topic, which is why right now is a great time to be a sneakerhead what a time to be a sneakerhead there's many reasons for it uh, but it's just something that's been kind of on my mind lately because i've been able to get well l- l- let's let's take it back a little bit so when i first kind of got into sneakers was around the time i moved to berlin so it was like 2017 and it was kind of when the off-white hype was really starting off and basically that was like the beginning of really the big hype cycle in the sneaker world so as far as i'm concerned from the type from the time i've started really getting heavy into sneakers i've always kind of been in this hype beast type of world and that's kind of like i i mean i remember collecting sneakers before that too but really like got super into sneakers around the hype beast time so I feel like all I've known really over the last few years has just been okay, hype drops are going to sell out immediately, they're going to go for resale, there's going to be resellers who are going to take everything. There's there's no point even trying to get shoes anymore because the bots are going to eat it all and it's 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 been the, this like a lot of things that don't have anything to do with sneakers kind of control releases, you know, like bots and resellers and all of that. And um, it's kind of definitely taken the joy out of secret collecting for a lot of people because at the end of the day, I'm a guy who just likes shoes. I love wearing shoes. I love collecting them. So dealing with all this extra stuff has not been fun over the last few years. And I feel like right now, I look at, at the start of the month, I look at what are the upcoming sneakers this month, which is what I do every month, right? And, but now when I look at this list, I'm like, I have like a very high degree of confidence that I'm gonna be able to really have my say on which ones I want and which ones I don't, because I know that most of these shoes are not gonna sell out. And I'm gonna be able to take my time, really decide which of the sneakers I wanna get, I might even be able to get some of these shoes I want on sale. I can think about that even, which is not something I could really even think of before. And it's just been a lot better as someone who loves collecting shoes, being able to get the shoes I want for cheaper, being able to not have to worry about dealing with bots, not have to worry about even waking up early for releases because most of the time you can even wake up at 10 o'clock and the shoes will still be available on the sneakers app. You know, Even if it's a super hype shoe, like a uh, Jordan 1, um, the, the University Blue, which dropped the University Toe. If that shoe dropped a few years ago, of course, it would be sold out instantly, going for 300 400 above retail. Instead, those sat, you know, for a few hours on the sneakers app. But, yeah, I mean, those, those are just a few of the reasons. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do have more to talk about on this subject. But also, I wanted to hear from you. What do you think? Yeah. What what do you think about right now being a sneakerhead?
0: I think it's interesting. And I mean, it's something that you've thought about, I've thought about, we've talked about before this episode and not just with each other, but with other people too. And I've seen this sentiment echoed on social media that a lot of people, you know, Welty, for example, from the Complex Sneaker podcast has said, you know, on Twitter multiple times, when is the last time you can remember walking into a store and seeing a bunch of retro Jordans on the on the shelf, right? In like almost full size runs. That hasn't happened for a very long, long time and it could be a mixture of, you know, consumer fatigue, the current financial, political, economic situation around the world, inflation in a lot of countries, people kind of putting their money elsewhere, but Also, you know, uh, more supply than ever. Brands are really cashing in and seeing that, you know, people are buying more and more sneakers. So why stop at, you know, producing 100,000 Jordan 1s in a certain colorway? Why not produce 500,000, right? Like, sure, you might not sell all 500,000, but if you sell 200, 300, 400,000, you've sold four times the amount that you were selling before whilst you were selling out, right? So they're still making more money. And the 100,000 that don't sell, they will eat that, right? The profits will cover that loss, especially with Nike going more and more towards direct consumer and cutting out the middleman. They're not selling at wholesale anymore; they're selling at retail prices, and they've got their own production costs to cover, which is, you know, a fraction of the retail price. So that's why you're also seeing companies like Nike, companies like maybe not Adidas, um, because they had that whole Yeezy debacle, but. You've got a lot of companies that are making a lot of money more than ever before. And you think, you know, why? The economic situation is so bad. How are these companies still making money? It's because they're cashing in on this hype. They're creating more than ever. And um, they've realized that, you know, now is the time to really increase supply. What I do find interesting, though, is that on the one hand, the whole industry has sped up. There's more releases than ever. There's more collaborations than ever. There's more creatives, more brands, more retailers working with more sportswear brands than ever. There's new sportswear brands. There's new sneaker brands that are popping up that are gaining a a good following, right? So there's more product than ever at a quicker pace than ever. But that has caused things not to sell out, to sit on shelves. And so whilst the supply side is in overdrive and has sped up, the demand side has slowed down a little bit or not really slow down, but slow down relative to the speed up of the supply. So what I'm saying is that it's almost like like an oxymoron or like the opposite, right? Where there's more, 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 quicker, quicker, quicker. Sneakers are releasing Monday through Sunday almost, right? And previously it was maybe Friday and Saturday that we had releases. And still you can go into a shop and more often than not now you can see pretty decent collaborations, pretty decent general leases, and you can buy them for retail. You can walk into a store physically now and see them. And that whole experience of purchasing a shoe has slowed down again and moved back towards what it used to be maybe seven years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And I find that so interesting, the juxtaposition between the two on the one side speeding up and on the other side slowing down, you know?
1: yeah definitely, man. like it's it's um it, maybe it just could be the fact that a a lot of sneakers releases have been delayed, uh, maybe because of the supply issue during the pandemic. So now we're just getting a ton of releases that were maybe supposed to come out earlier. I mean, who knows, and also from the demand side, we're not, we're not here to speculate on why that's the case. You already listed a bunch of great factors there, which is you know, economic situations different now. Uh, there could just be an oversaturation of many sneakers. I mean, whatever it is. I'm just talking about it from like a sneakerhead point of view. It's been, yeah, like you said, so nice to go into a store and not just see some GR shoe sitting there. You're seeing now like collabs sitting. Like in the past, the word collab instantly meant sold out immediately. Bots are all over it. But now even collabs are just sitting. Collabs are going on sale. And it's just been, it's been great, you know. And even some examples recently the uh, Action Bronson uh, pair that released that was a pair that you know I thought wow okay uh, probably is going to resell for a lot of money turned out to not be the case i mean most of the most of the sizes are going for just around 50 60 bucks above retail right now which is really not too bad it's really a buyer's market out there you know so what you are another interesting thing you're seeing about uh, what you were just seeing right now is there are still some shoes that are selling out and commanding extremely high retail uh resale prices for example those uh Haritos, um, nike sb dunks that dropped earlier even the cortez 95s you're really seeing in this current market a few shoes really stand out and it's making it really obvious uh from um just like a general sneaker consumer point of view is making it really obvious like what are maybe the sneakers of the year okay because it's it's very clear like which sneakers are the most in demand and which ones aren't whereas in the past you couldn't really differentiate as much because everything was selling out yeah some things may be sold for slightly more than others on the resale but everything was kind of selling out whereas now pretty much nothing is selling out but the the few there are a few that not only sell out but go for crazy amounts on the resale market and it's become very obvious, I think, which are the standouts of a particular year. And um, that, that's that been kind of cool to see as well. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving all these releases every week. Just, you know, taking my time with it, sitting back, deciding, hey, sh- maybe I should save my money this month. I, I don't feel any FOMO. You know, I'm not buying these because most likely next month, they'll still be available, maybe 50% off even. Like they this have been. This is true. With uh, some of the releases that picked up now.
0: It speaks to what I mentioned about things slowing down, right? You don't have to decide. Of course, there's, like you said, there's always going to be releases that sell out. And more often than not, you can, if you know enough about the sneaker world and you've been collecting for long enough, you will be able to point those out, right? Like if there's a. Travis Scott, Air Jordan 1, it's going to sell out. It might not be reselling for over a 1,000, but it's still reselling for several times retail, right? So you know this is going to sell out. Um, But there's other sneakers where they might have sold out two, three, four years ago. Now they're not. And like you just said, you don't need to decide in a split second if you want that shoe. You don't need to buy it just to check it out. And then flip it, pass it on, return it if you don't like it. You can literally, if you're not sure, wait and see. And okay, maybe it'll sell out at one retailer, but your size will be available somewhere else for sure in a week or two. You might even find some sneakers on sale. I have bought most of the sneakers I've bought this year have been on sale. You know? Yeah. And that, I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's been amazing. It, it's been great on the wallet, especially in these hard times. And I think also from a brand point of view, obviously they all want their sneakers to sell out, right? Because if you, but this is where I feel like the perceptions change because in the past when collabs haven't sold out, it was instantly labeled a bust, right? But nowadays, if a collab doesn't sell out, I feel like it's not as bad as when it used to not sell out because Like you said, so much is not selling out. So much is still shit sitting on shelves. And not everything can be a brick. Not everything can be a bust, right? And so I feel like people are more forgiving in a way and more you know, like, okay, it didn't sell out, so what? Doesn't mean it's a bad shoe. Whereas maybe two, three years ago, the reaction would be like, ah, it didn't sell out. It's not worth having. Um, So I think perceptions have changed there. So it's leading to also a bit of a change in the mentality of a lot of sneakerheads, which I think is interesting because it's just like the the community is, I don't want to say evolving because who's to say one is better than the other, right? But it's definitely developing in a certain direction right now. Who knows, maybe in two, three years it'll develop into a different direction or back to where it was before. Um, But I find that from a, like a social standpoint, very, very interesting too. And then also from a brand point of view, you obviously want your shoes to sell out and you know it does hurt probably financially if your shoes don't sell out and end up on sale, etc. But on the flip side, the shoes that end up in people's hands, they're ending up in people's hands because they actually want them, because they actually identify with your product and they actually want to wear it, right? So instead of most of the shoes ending with resellers and they're flipping them and you know they're making money off of your shoe you know that your shoe is going to end up with those people that actually want it that actually subscribe to whatever it is your brand is selling whatever it is that your brand stands for and i think that's also pretty cool you know from just from a consumer versus brand relationship point of view as well
1: yeah man you, you, you hit a lot of good points there I remember uh, during the major hype cycle, anytime a sneaker didn't sell out on the first day, you'd, 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 you'd see people online, you'd see like some sneaker YouTubers, you'd see some people on Twitter saying, guys, don't sleep, don't sleep, cop now, don't sleep, don't sleep. <laughs> Man, like, if you're here, like, I still see people posting stuff like that. I still see sneaker accounts saying, don't sleep, guys, they're still sitting, don't sleep. Like You can sleep. You can definitely sleep. You can we're all sleeping. We we're, we're all we all got our pajamas on. We're cozy <laughs> man. Like these these sneakers are not selling out. You can sleep. You can wait on it. You can wait for these to go on sale. That's literally there that was a shoe that I really wanted this year which I really liked. That was the Jacques Mousse Air Force 1s, the J Force 1 that I talked about earlier. I bought it on release date from Nike, paid 170 euros, returned it because I knew I would probably be able to get this shoe on sale if I just wait a little bit, ended up getting it 50% off. And now I like the shoe even more because I got it for under a hundred bucks. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's just like one example, you know, like uh, I, I find like I'm just really kind of enjoying being a sneakerhead right now. I feel like my love for sneakers is maybe even at an all time high right now, which is, which is weird because I hear a lot of people saying sneakers are dead. You know, the sneaker game is done. And I'm like, yeah, maybe the resale game is done, but that's not why I started collecting shoes. I mean, I like wearing shoes. And as a sneakerhead, I feel like I, I, I'm loving what's happening right now, man. It's, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to get whatever shoe I want. Tomorrow, there's a great shoe releasing, actually, which we'll get into in the upcoming drops. But uh, all these shoes that we're going to talk about in the upcoming drops, I know they're not going to sell out. I'm going to be able to get all of them if I want. So it's great, man. It's awesome. I've been, I've been yeah. having fun.
0: I mean, you you said it and we've both said it. The biggest winner right now is the consumer, right? So for all of you out there, man, I'm not saying this is the best time to buy sneakers because maybe financially not everyone is uh, able to at the same rate as they used to be in the last few years. But just from a choice and time to decide point of view, this is definitely the best time to be a sneakerhead. So long may it continue for sure.
1: Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, well, speaking of upcoming drops, so, and speaking of sneakers that I definitely circled at the beginning of the year and I thought would sell out and I wouldn't have much chance of getting, that will be releasing tomorrow or the day that the sneaker this uh, podcast is dropping, August the 4th, the Black Toe Jordan 1 Low OG. The Black Toe, I've said this before, is actually my favorite ever Jordan 1 colorway. And uh, I actually don't even own the high top, so... Being able to get the low tops is a good consolation prize, and I like the OG shape. I'm sure these won't sell out, so I'm fairly confident I can even wake up at 10 o'clock tomorrow. I'll still be able to cop these, so very, very happy about the Black Toe Jordan 1s dropping tomorrow. Uh, also, well, there's a bunch of stuff, actually, on August the 4th. There's also the Ambush and uh, Nike Air More Uptempo collab. Pretty strange uh, shoe for Ambush to be collabing on because... I I just never I guess I guess you know they've been collabing on some very popular models before like the Air Force ones and the Dunks but didn't expect them to didn't expect to see them on the air up tempos interesting colorway it's like brown and lime green with a black uh, midsole um, probably I don't think these will sell out either but uh, interesting shoe nonetheless also we are in the midst of uh, Yeezy days or Yeezy mania so. Actually, I I wanted to ask you about that. What do you think about Yeezys now being sold again at regular stores, not just the confirmed app? Yeezys are back. Like, they're back everywhere.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, is it just the stock that they had and had planned and then they will yes. stop? or
1: it's, it's pretty much all of the stock that was produced anyways um, and was just sitting in warehouses uh, for Adidas. Uh, initially... We thought that they would just have a couple of Yeezy days on the Confirmed app, but it seems like all of these pairs are getting like a wider release among several retailers, uh, which is which I thought was pretty interesting, pretty cool to see Yeezy hype back. Like the last couple of days, I've been kind of glued to the Confirmed app, trying to uh, trying to see if those 450 slides are gonna drop. I'm I definitely want to get a pair of those, but it doesn't look like Europe will be getting them. But uh, there's a lot of if you missed out on some very popular Yeezys. Uh, Look out for them in the month of August. Some very popular colorways will be restocking, including the 700 V3 Azales, I believe, will be restocking. So, yeah, Yeezy month pretty much. It's pretty much Yeezy month, like pretty much every single week this month. There's a ton of Yeezys releasing. Then on August the 5th, we have the Crenshaw Nike Dunk SB dropping as well. On the 8th of August, we have another Romero 5, which is proving to be maybe nike sneaker of the year would you agree this year so far yeah
0: for sure and i mean we all know you are the president of the romero club and you you called it before anyone else did no um there's some really nice colorways coming out uh i saw one that was like the have a nike day colorway that it it looks like very nice i can't i can't wait for that one to come out i don't know if it has dropped or if it's coming to europe but i definitely would love a pair
1: uh, the Vemero 5s have been selling out the first day on some drops like there was a drop a couple days ago I don't know the official name of the colorway it looks like a cookies and cream type of colorway like black and, black and, white and one. black and cream and white yeah that one sold out first day and it's a pretty interesting shoe because it even glows in the dark a little bit um, That yeah that one I don't know when the European release date is but I have my eyes circled on that one uh well on August the 8th there'll be another Vomero 5 dropping. This is the Valentine's Day Vomero 5. It's like a maroon and white colorway. Pretty weird that we're getting a Valentine's Day issue in August. Um Yeah. I don't know what's going on there Nike, but yeah, that 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 one's dropping. There's actually even later on in the month of August another Vomero 5 dropping which I didn't list in our notes, but it's just called the Pink Blaze, I believe. It's just all over Pink, which which is also interesting. So there's two pink Romero fives dropping in the month of August. Uh, some other drops on the 15th. We have several Yeezys dropping. There's the Yeezy Foam in the Stone Salt colorway, a new colorway. We also have a new colorway of the Yeezy Slide. This is the Slate Marine colorway, which seems like it's a just basically a gray Yeezy Slide. And then finally, we have a brand new model from Yeezy. This is the Yeezy 500 High Technical Boot, which is a pretty interesting looking shoe. The retail price, I believe, will be $300, quite expensive. But uh, if you're a fan of the 500 and you wanted a more army-inspired 500, then this one is probably right up your alley. And the last sneaker to talk about is on August the 16th, another Jordan 1 Low, the Atmosphere Gray colorway will be dropping and yeah that's about it we're gonna try to bring this uh podcast back to our regular bi-weekly schedule um after this summer break that we've enjoyed uh but uh thank you guys so much for listening into this episode uh also write us by the way if you think that right now is maybe the best time to be a sneakerhead uh what are some of the sneakers you managed to get on sale uh and just how's your sneaker buying experience been over the last few months? Have you enjoyed it? Are you not a fan? Have you just lost your interest in sneakers maybe? Let us know. Let us know uh, Let us know over on Instagram. That would be great. Um, as far as myself, I'm signing off. JD, make sure you check me out on YouTube. Still dropping all those reviews every single week. But until next time, guys, peace.
0: Peace.